I'm Marissa Norcross. And I'm Dave Freund, and this is The Next Page. Marissa, how are you today? I'm good. I am, you know, I need to give my weather report welcome. Uh, because it seems like lately, every time we record, I'm like, today is the most sunny day ever. Um, I, you know, today it's finally raining and we have yes. needed it. And uh, I, I don't know if I've ever shared that I don't have air conditioning. So uh, right now, the week we're recording is super hot and I am so grateful for the rain right now. Oh, you mean you're not critical of the weather? No, for for once, I, I you know I know I'm often all winter no, long. I'm critical of the weather, but yeah, right but now you're, I'm you're so not. grateful for the rain. Once once we get to April, you're not critical of weather. Anymore. You, just, you have your months when you don't complain about the weather. But we've yeah we've we've been saying that it's just every time we recorded it was beautiful, and today yeah. it it was actually extra beautiful because it rained. Because mm-hmm. we haven't had rain, significant rain for weeks. I know. And and actually, I went up um, earlier this afternoon, and because we had a really torrential rain for probably thirty minutes, and we mm-hmm. actually got an inch, almost an inch and a half of rain at our house. Oh wow! In that one in that one storm, and so I'm curious to go up. So I emptied it. So I'm curious to see what the last deluge that went through did. But it was really good. It's good rain. We needed the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully for you, it will cool down the evening a bit. Yes, it already has. That's great. And and so really that's what we're talking about today is is cuz I gave our listeners a heads up last week that I talked said we talk about being critical. Mm-hmm. Um and, and that's really that's really what I want to talk about is you know being critical is awful. And and some of us just so based on our behavior profiles, some of us are overly critical. Um so I can I can attribute some of it to that, but others it, it's really even if even if it is part of your behavior profile, it is still a choice whether or not you want to be critical, and you need to stop. You know, I in in my post one of the last the last cha- uh, paragraph of my post I said Nike says just do it, and I'm going to say no, just stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I shared that I knew a person once that, that actually felt that they're, in my post I shared it, that they actually felt that they're, they were gifted in, in the ability to admonish and correct people. Wrong. And being the person who was on the receiving end of that a few times, yeah, that was not really a gift that that person had. They just, they just thought they did. So uh, there's serious effects to being critical. And, and, and part of it is, so um, Dr. Travis Bradbury, who is actually the guy that wrote the um, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book, and he really is, is the guy that's done a tremendous amount of research. He actually found a study that was done um, at the Department of Biological and Clinical Psychology at the Frederick Schiller University in Germany. And, and that study actually showed that people, we know that stress is bad for us. We know that stress can be actually be debilitating to our, to our brain. Um, it, it, it affects the hippocampus in our brain. And, and that also um, people that were around a lot of negativity and negative emotional stimuli had the same exposure and their, their brain reacted the same way to being under tremendous stress. And, and it, if, so if we think about it, if we're not careful, we are literally sucking the life out of our brain. 
we, you won't be able to think as clearly, you won't be able to reason well, you won't be able to be creative. And so I started seeing some parallels to this, to some of the things that we had talked about in the past. So we've been through times of great negativity. So now I'm going to ask you a question that I didn't tell you I was going to ask. <laughs> Why not? That's what I'm good at. So, right. So what were some of the things that we talked about when we went through the series of, of podcasts and writings about how do we react during a time of crisis? What were some of the things that we touched on that we should be doing thought-wise with our thinking to not be so negative? You're asking me to I remember probably, that far back? Did I even ask the I've, question right? I've lived a lot of life since <laughs> since all this started. I mean, I, I'm sure we talked about mindfulness and yep. gratitude yep. and looking for the, um, I, think, I believe we talked about optimism versus positivity. Yeah. Well, you were listening well. <laughs> Yeah, so we're we're in this we're in and you know, it's today I, I actually I was doing some some um I don't want to say busy work. I was doing some paperwork. So I was I was updating some spreadsheets with some of the financials for our training and so I actually had the news on for a little while. Oh my uh, goodness. Big mistake. You know, will there be school? Who knows if there'll be school? What about this? What about that? Re you know, and I'm just like so there's all this negativity and people mm -hmm. are immersing themselves in more and more negativity again. Stop. Just say, hmm. So one, one of the, the notes that I made for myself here was we quickly focus on the negative. We quickly focus on what we can't do rather than saying, what can we do? I, I was meeting um, yesterday with the superintendent of schools. He's getting ready to renew his coaching agreement and, and wants me to work with another direct report and I'm already working with some of his building administration. And one of the things he said was, he said, David, I need to get you in in August so that you can work with my admin team because we need to shift the mindset to something positive before school starts. And he's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Because think about it, if our teachers are negative, if our administrators are negative, if the parents are negative, not only are their brains being affected, but so are the children's brains. Yeah. So we have to make that shift to something positive. And people, nobody wants to be around somebody who's overly critical all the time. Ever. Um, did you, can you think of any, any teachers that you had in school that were super critical? Hmm. You're again asking me to think really um, I, far back. Yeah, right. But no, if, I, if somebody asked me, that's really far back. I I think, you know, yes, I can. And uh, I even remember specifically one of those teachers telling me that I spelled my name wrong. And, oh, wow. <laughs> and I, I was like, no, I like, I know how to spell my name. I, and, and I was like a kid. And so that felt really, really critical. And mm -hmm. I remember coming home and telling my mom about it. And, the, and that same teacher, my mom was like, why do you always have these headaches? And then we found out it was because she was super critical of small children. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, mm -hmm. Lovely that she chose teaching as a profession. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had one teacher that was extremely critical and might have been fifth grade. And, and it's, it's crazy because now at 
59 years old. I remember this like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. So we were doing math problems on the board. And I got the answer right. So I don't remember what it was about, like whether it was division or multiplication. I got the answer right. But I didn't have all of the notes the way she wanted it. Mm -hmm. And all I remember was this bright red lipstick right in front of my eyes, you know, talking sternly at me that I had that I hadn't followed directions, mm. you know, and I'm like, OK, fine. I got the answer right now. I was raised well enough to know you don't mouth off to a teacher and say, but I got the answer right. right. You know, so I just sat there and I took it. But I don't know how old you are. Are you 10 maybe in fifth grade, 11? You know, so I'm 59. So at least for a whole long time, you know, 40 some years. You can tell I didn't do math well because I couldn't click that off in the top of my head. But I remember it like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. The same thing happens all around us. And we don't need to be that way. Nobody trusts criticizers. People will stop. If you're around a person that's super negative and super critical, you don't listen to them. You shut them off. You know, I've I've worked in, in, in organizations where I've heard people talk about the fact that this person just starts and the rest of us just kind of look at each other, mm-hmm. smirk, and put our heads down. Because yeah. the person's overly critical. Um, the other thing that I thought was really interesting when I did some, some searching on this is when we're overly critical, people can't see our real value. Like, wow. That's, that's, if you think about that, we know that everyone has value. Everybody, even that critical person has a lot of value, but by being critical, nobody listens. Mm -hmm. So they can't see their value. I was actually, I was actually on a call some time ago, uh, a conference call, and someone was talking about the fact that they're always such a positive person. And, and somebody else on the call sent me a text message positive really in one of the the crazy face emojis you know (laughs) and usually you and I are messaging each other but you weren't on this call (laughs) but it was funny this poor person didn't even realize that they are perceived as a person that is extremely critical yeah I you know and I I not recently a couple years ago I was at a conference um where this was talked about a little bit and it's often the the person, the criticizer, they are criticizing um, something that that they feel insecure about themselves about or that mm. they see ref- that's really reflected in, in them. So they might be like Interesting. overly critical about someone's attention to detail. And it's because in reality, they're insecure about their attention to detail or... Um, they're really hard on people who uh, maybe are not super responsive to email. And it's really right. like a reflection. Uh, it, um, we're most criti- critical about the things that deep down are inse- we're insecure about. And that's true. I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, it's criticism is very damaging to the person being criticized. Right. It's also very damaging to the the person that is doing the criticizing. And um like I the brain activity for both parties, it's like 
it's not a good place. It's not a good place to be at all. And I, we've, I think we've all probably been there, whether we're like hypercritical people, people or not. I think we've all criticized. Um, and you know, that feeling, right. And I think it gets to a point where maybe for when, once it becomes a problem that you almost don't recognize it anymore because it's just so ingrained and you think like, this is how I get stuff done. Like, like the woman you mentioned who said sure. she was a professional at it. You're like, well, this is, this is how I accomplish things or confusing criticism with feedback. Yes, exactly. And, and you know, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, but I'll, let me just jump right into that now. So, you know, criticism versus feedback. Criticism focuses on what's wrong. Feedback focuses on how to improve. Wow, what a huge difference. Instead of focusing on what's going wrong, I look at, hey, how can we make this better? So we, sh we, sh we make that mental shift from, from a negative thing to an opportunity, similar to what we talked about when we were saying, how do we lead people through crisis, times of crisis? Criticism implies the worst about others. Feedback is about behavior, not personality. So we're giving feedback based on what's happening, not what a person is or isn't type of thing. Criticism devalues. Feedback encourages. So you have to start asking yourself, am, am, I, am I saying something that devalues a person? Or am I saying something that is encouraging something different in a person? Criticism implies blame while feedback focuses on the future. Criticism attempts to control feedback, respects autonomy or people being differently, being different. Um, you know, criticism is just, it's just coercive. We're trying to find a way to make a person mentally, emotionally, or just feel guilty about something so that they will actually change their behavior. And, and I just, I, I think that we, I have never until really doing a little bit of research into this realized I knew I didn't like the negativity. I knew I didn't like the criticism or people that were overly critical. I didn't realize the magnitude of what it's really costing us. Mm -hmm. So if we, if we think about um, operating our businesses in the next three to six months, you know, people have started asking me. How, in fact, I had a coaching client ask me this today. How long do you think this, meaning the situation of the crisis, is going to last? I said, I don't know. And, and I think one of the things that we need to realize is it may last a long time. So just that awareness of, okay, if this lasts six months, because if you would have asked me back in March when I started working at home, I would have said for sure by June, things will be back to normal. So then when June comes and it's not back to normal, now I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I? So just don't assume it's going to end anytime soon. It is what it is. So how do we make it better? How do we find that, again, that opportunity that's found in the center of difficulty? And, and so I think that as we try to help people move to the positive mindset, they're going to be able to get their people to be much more creative. I'm thinking about the teachers in the schools. How are we going to keep our schools safe? Well, you know, we had that, that situation at, at MACNI back in March. And what's the correct phrasing for our cohorts? Oh, keeping, keeping people safe and factories running. 
Thank you. I figured I would just ask you because I can't keep it straight. <laughs> but, you know, all the manufacturing companies had that same, all of our member companies, not just manufacturing companies, had that same concern. How do we keep our people safe? Well, guess what? They figured out how. And there were even companies that had positive virus tests. See, I still haven't said the name. Did you notice that? <laughs> I'm staying true to my, my yes. conviction here. Mm -hmm. They even had positive virus tests, but they didn't spread. They weren't spread within the facility. The person that contracted it contracted it somewhere else, and it didn't spread in the facility. So it just proved that, you know what? We can keep people safe in factories running. So now, but it takes a lot of creativity. Mm -hmm. How do we keep restaurants safe? How do we keep churches safe and things going? How do we now keep our schools, get our, keep, our, keep our children and staff safe and our schools running? You're going to need super creative people to do that. And if we focus on being critical and negative, they're not going to be able to even think it through. It's kind of like when, and I, and I know I shared this maybe a couple years ago already, you know, that if we, I used to always start my problem solving meetings at work by highlighting a crisis because I was always told, get their attention up front. So I hit them up with a negative and everybody went defensive. But if we start with a positive, people's minds open up and they become creative. So it's like, hey, what's going well? Uh, something is. So what's going well? Let's, let's identify what is going well, not what's going wrong. One of the things, I, so if somebody would say to me, okay, so what are you going to come up with now that says what's going well? You know what? The, um, the, the tracking numbers that they're tracking in New York State for the virus are going extremely well in New York State. It's great. Now, how do we build on that? So that's my point of getting people relaxed. The other thing is that we know that happy employees are 15% more productive than unhappy employees. So anytime I've got them so concerned about something, I've lost 15% of my productivity. Mm -hmm. You just got to decide to make that shift. So I think the question then would be, well, I'm going to ask you this question, another question. See, and, and you can attest to the fact that I didn't tell you any questions I was going to ask you today. Zero questions. <laughs> Sometimes I do. I'll say, hey, I might ask you this. So, But I gave you no questions in advance, but. Do you think people know if they're critical or not? I think with reflection, oh. someone could. But I think uh, for someone who has a chronic problem with criticism. Yes. No. With some, for someone who doesn't have a chronic problem, they might later say, hey, like, I think I was... That wasn't right. But I think if you have a chronic problem, it's not something that you would maybe recognize without reflection. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great point. That is a great answer. I think those, I, I think, for, number one, if you're a person that is wondering if you're critical, you're probably not because you have some self-awareness there. So we, we do need to understand that there are, there are behavior profiles that might be more prone to being critical. High dominance, high conscientiousness, or compliance, however you want to call it, have a tendency to be more critical. That said, if you know anything about your behavior profile, you're going to try to fix it right off the bat. But the key is to just be reflective. And, and one of the things, there were a couple notes that I found. Are you often proving your point, or do you just accept others' points of view? 
Wow. And you know what? I I didn't think that I was as critical as I probably am. But when I read that statement, are you often proving your point or do you just accept others' points of view? If you would ask my wife or my kids, they would say that I think that, that I probably try to prove my point too much. So that's one way to know. Are you defensive? I'm, I'm not sure I'm that defensive. Um, do I often feel let down by others? Wow, so that's expectations. And we've talked mm-hmm. about that in a couple weeks back. And do I blame others often? So of those five things, are you often proving your point? Are you defensive? Do you often let feel let down by others? People aren't measuring up. Or do you blame others? If the answer to those five questions is yes, you may have an issue with being overly critical. And and again, for a, so what's the business argument? The business argument is your people won't be as productive if you're critical. Now, that doesn't mean I excuse every all their behavior. But I coach and mentor them to a different level of performance rather than being overly critical of what they're doing. I, I had a coaching client this morning. I was so proud of him. He's um, Last month, I asked him to identify an ideal employee for a certain specific job function. And the reason I do that is, well, you know, you we've talked about this in the past, you know, the law of attraction, mm-hmm. um, you know, the being able to identify clearly and mentally what it is you're looking for, you're going to find it. So I really wanted him to identify specifically the skill sets needed for a certain position. And I think he came up with like 25 or 30 characteristics. It was He did an amazing job. And then he decided to take that description and evaluate his team, his individuals. But what was really neat was he said, you know, now what I'd like to do is I'd like to help them, coach them, mentor them to higher levels of performance rather than I'm going to assess them and tell them how poorly they're doing. He's not critical, but he's not accepting the fact that they're still there. At, the, at a lower level of performance, he wants to help them. So again, we're not talking about making excuses. But if you're overly critical, your people will be 15% less productive. And they mm-hmm. won't be creative. And we certainly need that right now. Kids. I mean, we've, you know, we both talked about a, a school example where teachers were overly critical and how we felt. Imagine parenting. You know, man, I, sometimes I wish, well... There's days I wish I could do it over, and then there's days I'm so thankful I don't have to do it over. <laughs> you know, but I, if you would ask my kids, I think I was way too critical. I know I was. There's no thinking about it. My wife will would say, clearly, dinner time, I was too critical of the way my kids, you know, if they didn't have perfect table etiquette. You know, I was thinking I was teaching them, but clearly I was probably overly critical. What did I miss? I think there's a you know a lot to to cover here, but I think a, a lot of it does just really if if anyone really spends a little bit of time reflecting, they're either going to realize that they are too critical or that they're feeling the negative impacts of being right. criticized. Yes, um, and I mean I. 
you know, I've only been able to spend just a little bit of time reading through what you wrote and processing some of the notes here, but, you know, it's very, very thought provoking, especially right now when we're in this time where really people are just like doing the best they can. Yes. I, I mean, that's. Everybody is. It's so, right now is so weird. Like I had, I had two friends text me this past week two separate people who do not talk to each other. Just both sent me text messages that said, why is the world so weird right now? Why does it, or like, why does it feel so weird right now? And it's like, because we've all been turned upside down and yeah. um, there's just a, a lot going on and so much to process. And so right. if we just all step back and reflect and think like, okay, I mean, I'm sure you could have been critical of me right before we started recording. My kids came storming in to the room. Luckily, we hadn't been recording yet. And, you know, you could have been like, oh, great, we're going to start five minutes late because Marissa has to wrangle her kids. <laughs> um, but, you know, instead you're like, hey, like, I know what you're doing right now. It's crazy times. You're home with your kids and you're trying yeah. to work. And and if we could just infuse a little bit more of that understanding that. Right. Especially now. like Yes. If you can think in applying it to business, like if you can't say like, yeah, I think my, my team is giving me like, is doing the best they can right now. Right. Right. Um, if you can't say that most of the time, then maybe they're not like the best fit for your team and Mm -hmm. it's a different conversation, but I don't know. I just. Yeah. And what am I doing as a leader that's not bringing the best out in them? Right. You know? There, there are some things that we can do, but I wanted to make sure we, we ended on a positive, right? Of course. Set, set limits with complainers. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're a person, if you're around a person that complains all the time, tell them, please stop, or I'm going to have to limit my exposure to you. That's going to be painful, but you know what? It's better... To, to reduce the amount of time you spend with negative people than to let your brain get sucked out, the life out of it, by all of their negativity. And mm-hmm. that's really what's happening. According to this study from the Frederick Schiller University in Germany, our, our creative juices and, 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 and all of that stuff is being sucked. The life of our brain is being sucked out by all the negativity. So set limits. Spend, you know, turn off the news. It's not going to change between today and tomorrow, trust me. And if something major happens, you'll find out about it. Somebody will call. Um, you know, when my dad was battling with some super, super high blood pressure, I said to my mom, I tell him to turn the news off, mm-hmm. which he was having a problem not doing. And, and, and there was other reasons why it was super high. Um, squash the negative self-talk. Stop blaming yourself. Stop criticizing yourself. Identify some gratitude things. Um, gratitude journals are huge. Uh, your affirmation statements, you can go back into our other podcasts where we talked about affirmation statements and how, how powerful they are to help us reshape our thought process, map new neural pathways by repeatedly identifying positives in our life and about ourselves. And again, I'm not making excuses. If you've got a character problem, if you've got something that you need to work on, you correct it. But there's so much value that every human being is bringing that we don't focus enough on. Number three, here, quit focusing on problems and look for, and look for solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't, you know, we couldn't change the fact that it was sunny 
Not that we would. But <laughs> but we desperately needed rain. Mm-hmm. So guess what? It was sunny. Now it rained. Now it's sunny again. Okay. You know, um, the state fair just got canceled. Okay. The state fair got canceled. And what do we do now? We'll figure it out. We'll find other things to take our children to. I, you know, I had shared with you because... And, and it's been the kind of this saga for I don't know how long my boat with my engine. Pulled the engine out of the boat last night again. Okay. Whatever we did, we missed some as we tried to rebuild it. So now I'm taking it to somebody else. Let them look at it. It's okay. Could have been worse. I didn't have to swim back to shore, so to speak. So it's all in how you look at it. And Nike said, just do it. And I'm saying, no, just stop it. Stop all the tri- the critical stuff, all the negativity. Doesn't mean we don't we don't define reality. Every leader defines reality, but you can do that in a positive way, mm-hmm. not always a negative way. And that goes for self criticism too. All of the oh, things, abso- everything absolutely. we talked about in the last twenty nine minutes goes for yes. self criticism too. Yeah, I think the worst thing that the leader can do is be consumed with self criticism. You know. I, because if you're a mess, how are you going to lead anybody? You have to see the positives in everything and in every person, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Anything else? That, did I miss anything on the positive side that you can think of? Not that I can think of right now. <laughs> okay. Nothing a good, you know, meal with your family won't cure type of thing, right? Right. And let the kids put their elbows on the table a little bit. Don't be so critical of them because as they grow up, they'll, they'll get better at it. Mm -hmm. If only somebody would have told me that when I was (laughs) 25, life for my children would have been better. So I have no idea what I'm writing about next week. I'm sure something will inspire you. Oh, something will inspire me. I'll like stub my toe or hit my head and something (laughs) will happen. But anything exciting happening? Uh, anything exciting? I don't I don't know. What's, what's happening? Not, not life, much. It's, life itself is exciting, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, who knows what kind of adventure I'll walk into tomorrow. Exactly. Tomorrow, But you know what? Tomorrow is going to be an amazing day that will unfold just as the sunrise in Jupiter, Florida, mm-hmm. which I still watch from time to time. Not quite as regular as I was, but I'm, I haven't given up completely. It's early now. It's early, you know, and I'm up anyways, but it's just, I've decided that I'm going to do my walks first Yeah. because it's been so hot. Yep. So by the time I get back into my office, yeah, the sunrise is over and I, I'm watching it on tape delay kind of thing. And it's like watching a ball it's not game the same. Yeah. when you already know the ending, right? I know the sun's coming up, but anyways, it's all good. So with that, I'm Dave Freund. I'm Marissa Norcross. And this was the next page.